and she was a Christian who entered the religious elite to persuade us that some people within this world are dead. Now, last Sunday night, if you were here last Sunday night, I did a single message about yesterday. And as I was praying over people, thinking about what I prayed and did, the Lord laid it on my heart. I never stop this. So, on a Sunday evening, we're going to start a new series. And this series is called Faith in Conflict. You know, many people today ask and wonder, is Christianity still relevant? Does the Bible have answers in this present time of 2019? Does the Bible have answers for the here and now? Well, here at Gateway Church, we believe that it does. We believe that Christianity is more relevant than ever. We have got a message that brings life, that brings hope, that brings love to this broken world. And we want to share that message. And we want people to find Jesus. And you know, the Bible has a lot of, lots to say about many of the situations and the struggles that we see in this world. And the topic tonight that we're going to be talking about is doubt. The topic that we're talking about tonight is doubt. So if you have a Bible, can you please turn to John chapter 20? We're going to read from verse 24 to 29. John chapter 20 and verse 24 to 29. We're going to be talking about doubt this evening. John chapter 20, verse 24 to 29. And it says, One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wounds in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound into my, in my side. Do not be faithless any longer. Believe, my Lord and my God, Thomas replied. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. But blessed are those who believe without seeing. So tonight we're going to be talking about doubt. You know, as I was preparing for this message this week, I thought I'd do a little bit of research uh, on doubt because uh, sometimes we hear it and it's quite eye-catching, it's quite surprising, some of the statistics about doubt. And I'm going to share three of them with you, three eye-catching statistics that stood out to me. The first one is that two out of, th- of every three Christians admit that they're experiencing a season of doubt. Two out of three Christians admit that they're experiencing right now a season of doubt. Here's another one. More than a quarter of church followers still find themselves doubting. More than a quarter. And the most common spiritual, uh, the most common response to doubt is to quit religion. That's the most common response to people who are doubting their faith, who are doubting their belief in God. 46% of people who doubt their faith actually end up leaving the church because of doubt. Now tonight I'm looking at a lot of our congregation, I know that we have different speakers in the morning for different things, but tonight we're looking, we put a lot of our usual congregation together. And according to these stats, one out of every 30 Christians in this church is struggling with doubt. Maybe you too at times, if you're struggling with your faith, maybe you're doubting your faith this evening as we share here tonight. You know, I believe with all my heart that doubt is a necessary part of almost every faith journey. It's 
we need to grow in our Christian life, if we need to grow stronger in God, then all of us at one time or another will experience a season of drought in our life. We just are placed at some point within our life. But you know, drought, it can be crippling. It can be crippling to our Christian walk. And consider that that almost half of actually 46% that experience spiritual drought will respond by crippled faith or dying. That's staggering statistics. That's crushing statistics when we think about it. Because the people who believe in God, when they begin suffering with drought, they become really spiritually crippled. You know, I believe we're going to have a really staggering season. As a church, we need to know what to do as a church, as those who are seasoned in drought. You know, when we have drought in our church, so often it goes, we just walk by farming. But on the natural, we don't go for it. But we have drought in income. Drought in our walk with God. Do we really believe in God? Is God really real? Can God help me in this situation? You know, we need to have a game plan for when we go through a season of drought. But what do we do when we experience seasons of drought? When we experience crisis of faith? And thank God for this book. Our Bible is even the book that goes on the front of the piano and the bookshelves of those who have just stepped on it. But we believe as leaders that the Bible is the living word of God. We believe that the Bible is more relevant than ever in 2018. We believe that the Bible has answers for every situation that we go through in life. And we, we can find as you read the Bible, you discover that the Bible has plenty to say about drought. So if you are experiencing drought tonight, know that you can, we can be confident tonight that the Bible has an answer. That our God is not a God who just pushes us away when we drought, but he's a God who is longing to help us. If you're doubting, you're placed but here's the thing, we need to know, what is doubt? What is doubt? Well, doubt is often an intellectual question. We want to believe that our faith is overrun by problems or pressures. That's what doubt is. We really want to believe that we saw the bombarded by situations or the circumstances around us that we begin to question. Now, in John chapter 20 and verse 24 to 29, which we read about this evening, we read about uh, one of Jesus' disciples, and his name was Thomas. I'm sure some of you know the name of Thomas, as we just read. Now, Thomas, he had a very pessimistic outlook on life. And as a result of that, he's been given the name Doubting Thomas. I'm sure there's people who you know, I'm, I'm sure there's people you call a Doubting Thomas, someone who doubts, uh, someone who's always doubting. And we notice when we start with this, this passage here in John chapter 20, that Thomas, he wasn't with the other disciples when Jesus rose again. On that Easter Sunday when Jesus rose again, all the disciples came to see if it was actually Jesus, but Thomas wasn't there when he rose again. Now why wasn't he there? Why wasn't Thomas with the other disciples? Why wasn't he with his friends who had followed Jesus for three and a half years? He was there by Jesus' side. He had seen Jesus do all these incredible miracles. But why wasn't he there the day that he rose again? When Mary came back telling him that Jesus was alive, why wasn't he there to see his master, to see his savior? Maybe he was still discouraged and disappointed by Jesus' death. Maybe he still felt so heartbroken that his savior, the one who he believed to be the Messiah, had died. Maybe he just couldn't believe it and he didn't want to believe it. Maybe he just felt like being alone because one of his closest friends, his savior, who he had followed for three and a half years, had died. So maybe he felt like he was there all alone. You know, what we do know 
from the situation of their fathers had plenty of time to stop drinking drugs and drinking the wrong things. Because he was isolated, because he was on his own, he began, I'm sure, or although his mind was ticking over, thinking of all the different things that were going on, thinking about everything that had happened over those last few days. You know, isolation from society only feeds pride. When we're on our own, we basically feel very guilty and ashamed. You know, the enemy of our soul says, you should do very well. I want you to create isolation from the rest of of the world. He wants to get us away from home. He wants to get us away from the family of believers. He wants us on our own because when we're on our own, when we have nobody speaking into our life, when we've got nobody building us up or encouraging us, who knows where the greatest battles are. And we can begin to fill our minds with doubt, with fears, with insecurity, with discouragement when we're on our own. You know, when we're, on, when we're doubting or feeling defeated, that's when we need a family believer. That's when we need the family of God the most. When we're feeling discouraged, when we're doubting our faith the most, that's when we need to be encouraged the most. You know, I want to encourage each and every one of us, don't stop coming. Even if you feel like giving up, even if you're not sure about where you stand in your faith, even if you feel overwhelmed by life, don't stop coming. Keep coming. Keep turning up because you never know when God can speak a word of encouragement, a word of light into your very situation. You know, it says in Proverbs chapter 11, I love going through the book of Proverbs. I'm going through it now in my personal study. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, it says, Without wise leadership, a nation fails. There is safety in having many advisors. Who do you have in your life? Whoever buttons you up and says you're doing great, God says well done. Who's in your life creating the atmosphere? Who gets in the nitty gritty and and sorry, look, you're not creating the atmosphere, you're just going to let me do the job. Who do you have in your life that does that? The Bible says right here, there is safety in many advisors. We need to have people in the kingdom of God. But we need to be careful with this because some people, people who want to build us up, people who are forward, people who people of character, people of substance. It says in Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 17, Proverbs 17 and verse 17, it says, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born out of kindness. We need each other. We need the family of God. We need to come to church. We need to gather together because when we're on our own, that's when faith attacks. That's when the doubts come. That's when the discouragement comes. But when we're around the family of God, when we're around people who encourage us and encourage us, then we won't have to be afraid. We won't feel defeated. We won't sink. So if you are doubting your faith tonight, I want to say, I believe the Lord. Don't sink. Get around people who encourage you. Get them to tell people what you're going through. Every single one of us will experience defeat at some point. There's no, you know, there's no judgment in this house. There is no judgment that is in the house of God. We need to come to encourage each other, help each other, to put each other on the right track. Don't stop coming to church. You know, Paul must have not been really proud, but maybe he was discouraged. You know, Thomas, he could have seen these things for himself. He could have used Jesus speak the words of Jesus. He could have received that call to go and be a disciple, to go and tell people that Jesus was alive. But instead, because he decided to isolate himself because of maybe his doubts and his fears, he had to endure a week of fear, doubt, and 
Senhor nunca se permite enganar. Mas ele diz que os profetas da Daniel 8, 7, dizem, mas por enquanto eu não tenho essa prova de que realmente Deus vive todas as coisas ali que faz, que logo ele tem que ir além de nós. Mas ele não deixa de ser e ele tem que ir além de nós. Qual é a experiência que você tem que experimentar? Será que você vive algo assim? Você é um jovem, você é jovem, minha gente, eu tenho consequência, me fala que ele me fala. E o dia vai vir que sai, que sai a realidade, que sai o dia que ele sai de você, toda a realidade que ele tem. Ele tem vida, ele tem vida muito lá, ele vai ter volta da sua, sim, eu vejo, eu vejo logo que sai a realidade da sua, Ele fala que vem o lago de nuvem para nós. Fala que vem o dia de que são many, 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 many things. Mas eu espero que sim. Eu tenho certeza que eu fui na barra de Jesus. E se eu digo que eu fui lá em Deus, se eu digo que vem tudo o que está fazendo, aí eu falo que eu não sei. Eu digo que eu vou ter a lago. E nós vamos ter que eu quero que eu vou olhar para esse livro que eu não vou deixar de acompanhar. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the Father creation, even more, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light.